Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Although, as I've been told, there are quite a few of you who do like cleaning and organizing and you listen and that just makes me giggle. So, uh, thanks you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I do want to give a little warning here at the very beginning of the podcast that, um, some appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Can I seriously not even talk? I was going to be so funny and like say it really proper, but here we go. Some content in this podcast may not be appropriate for children. Parents, please be advised. I repeat, some content in this podcast may not be appropriate for children. That was your warning. Um, I have not developed a potty mouth, I promise. But, I mean, I pretty much promise. Um, No, I really haven't. But, just so you know, we may be talking about some things that you don't want your children to hear. And it makes me very happy to know that um, some moms listen to this with their kids. I just think that's great. So, um, anyway just wanted to give you that warning. This is podcast number 77. We're going to talk about Christmas and stuff because (laughs) Christmas is a holiday that tends to have a lot of stuff involved in it. So we're going to talk about that. I have other podcasts as well. Um, since I've been, this is my third Christmas now to be podcasting. I have other podcasts that talk about Christmas as well. Some of those may also not be appropriate for children. Uh, but Anyway, just want to make sure you know that I have no idea if some of the things I'm going to say today are the same things I have said in the past, but you know what? Hey, whatever. All right. So, cause some of you have been around since the very beginning and you probably haven't listened to a Christmas podcast since, I don't know, last Christmas. Um, don't forget that if you would like to be a patron of this show, if you would like to financially support what it is that we do here at a slob comes clean. And when I say we, I mean it because I have three people that work for me. So um, anyway, if you want to support us, um, then uh, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Uh, you can also go to a slob comes clean.com slash podcasts with an S. And there's a link there at the top as well to find out how to be a patron. So like I said, this is podcast number 77. And I am... That seems like a really big number, but anyway, talking about Christmas and stuff. So this is the time to turn it off, mamas, if, um, you know, anyway. Okay. Um, I got this question from somebody, you know, how to avoid the influx of stuff. I get this question actually quite a bit around this time of year of, you know, ideas for not focusing on stuff for Christmas or just on the overwhelm of stuff. You know, I, when I first had my own home, um, I specifically loved decorating for Christmas because I felt like everything that I had had purpose. And I loved the fact that I could pack it away and be done with it. Now I am not one of those people. I have friends who decorate for every season. Like they can't wait for a new season to come and they pull out new decorations. I don't do that, but Christmas I do. Um, and I loved doing that, but in doing that, I started just collecting and collecting and collecting things that I have never, ever used. So over the past six years of deslobifying, and my house each Christmas, uh, probably not every Christmas, but a lot of the Christmases as I have unpacked things and then packed back up in January, I've looked at things and said, okay, this didn't get used. You know, this, this, I saw it in the box and I went, eh, 
and I didn't put it up. If I go, eh, I need to get rid of it. So that's something I have tried to do. And I've significantly reduced the number of Christmas boxes that we have because let's just be honest. I am not the person who gets them out of the attic. Um, my husband does that and it's a little bit, um, tacky of me, I guess, to have him haul down huge boxes of things that I know I'm never going to use. So I've tried to consolidate and get rid of things and realize, you know what, if I see this in my Christmas box and I don't like it, I don't need to keep it. If I don't want it, if I don't have a place to put it this year, I'm not going to have a place to put it next year, which is another, um, you know, organizing or decluttering strategy that I have come up with. Now, this is one of those I have to be really cautious when I talk about it, because I know that there are a lot of decluttering experts who will tell you, um, you know, pick up this item and look at it and say, um, you know, have I used this in the past six months? Well, uh, anyway, so this is called the one year test is what I personally call it. Um, but the, the, the danger in that is to look at something and say, have I used this in the last year that, you know, and then think uh, it can be a reason like for me to want to keep it for another year and see if I use it. Okay. So I kind of have to be careful of that. I much prefer my two decluttering questions. Um, you know, where would I look for this if I needed it? And, um, the other one is, oh, and the second part of that is take it there right now. And then the other part of that is if, I needed this would it ever occur to me that I actually had it. Well, sometimes with Christmas decorations and, and certain baking items and things like that, I look at them and I go, well, yeah, I do know I have this. This is where I would put it, but I simply have too much of it. So sometimes this time of year specifically, it's kind of a nice one-year point. It's also a time of year where I bake where I may or may not bake at any other point in the year. Um, I use certain kitchen things that I don't use other times, like my mini crock pot and stuff like that, you know, for dips, for parties and things. It's just, it's kind of a different year. And that one year test this time of year after Christmas, because I'm just warning you, you're going to wake up on December 26th and go, I need to declutter. It's what everybody does. Um, I thought it was just me until I started blogging and realized that my traffic surges on that day. So it was kind of like, Oh, Okay. So that's what happens. Um, it's the whole world. And I think it's just a combination of you have new stuff coming in, you're undecorating the house. And so that just kind of naturally brings that about, but it's also people are more people tend to be kind of off work for that week, you know, between Christmas and new year's things are, you know, life kind of shuts down. Nobody has regular activities and things. Um, so it just kind of happens. So as you do that, that's a good time to go, okay, my baking cabinet is overflowing as a container. I need to get rid of some of these things. What are some things that I did not use this year, which is the time of year, you know, this Christmas, which is the time of year when I would actually bake, <laughs> you know? Um, okay. So using that one year test, but using it as a, have I used it in the last year? Not let me hold on to this for a year until I figured it out. Okay. Until I figure out if I use it or not. Um, okay. So just some ideas, um, on Christmas, you know, for me, first thing I want to say, okay, no, I'm going back a little bit. Um, so for me this year, I realized that we basically only decorate two rooms. Um, we live in a world of Pinterest, but I also, I think this started happening like 
there just kind of became a, a stuff explosion. I don't know, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical here, but I think part of it has to do with credit cards and how people started living on credit cards. And so they just started buying things that they wanted to buy whenever they wanted to buy it. And I am, I'm getting way too philosophical, but you know, it, it just kind of has become this thing to have lots of stuff Um, which I think, you know, the world is kind of rebelling against a little bit, which is why decluttering is a big issue. Um, But I I admire and I like and I enjoy and I totally want to give them that. Like I totally, okay, how do I say this? Because, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just talking to my people here. All right. So you go to somebody's house for Christmas or you go on a Christmas home tour. I love those. Our little town has Christmas home tour and lots of little towns have that. And you go and you get to walk through somebody's house and you look in all the bedrooms and every single bedroom is decorated for Christmas and there's a Christmas tree in every single room and and they've, you know, somebody put um on Facebook their gorgeous Christmas thing and they had changed out their rug in the living room for a Christmas rug and it was beautiful. So here's where I tell you and remind you that everybody has a different clutter threshold. And I have to accept that my clutter threshold cannot handle that. I cannot personally handle changing out everything in my room. I can't recover my sofa for Christmas. I bet you there are people who do that. Um, I can't replace every photograph in my house for a Christmas themed painting. Um, because I know people who've done that. Um, I just, I am not capable of those things. I admire it in other people's houses and I think it's beautiful. I can't do it. And I have to accept that. And I realized this year when we put out our Christmas decorations that, um, I really just do my living room and my dining room now. I don't even really do anything in my kitchen other than switch out Christmas mugs. And that's because my husband loves coffee mugs. He gets them as gifts at work a lot. Um, and he likes that, you know, some people are like, Oh, don't give mugs. Everybody has enough mugs. My husband loves getting mugs. He loves mugs. And so I had realized at one point with the container concept that keeping all of our mugs in our cabinet did not work, but there were so many that he loved. It was like, Oh, well, a bunch of these are actually Christmas mugs. And so I pack all those Christmas mugs up after Christmas and they sit in the attic. And then he is so excited when I pull, when he, I'm sorry, (laughs) like I do it. When he pulls them out of the attic, he knows which box it is. And these are my Christmas mugs. And so it took me a while to, um, he was very skeptical at first when I said, okay, we're going to put these Christmas mugs in the cabinet, but because they won't fit in there and the cabinet is all the space that we have, the container concept, um, then we're going to pull out our rest of the year mugs, pack them back up in that same box that the Christmas mugs were packed in the rest of the year put that back in the attic until after Christmas. And then we do the switch, you know, so it's replacing instead of adding, because if I just brought out my Christmas mugs and added them to our regular mugs, our cabinet door would not close, but we replace that every year. Make sense. And that's the same thing I do with Christmas decorating. And I think I have a whole podcast on Christmas decorating, but, um, you know, where instead of just adding it to, you know, I, whatever the box you know, contains, we have a a cabinet that has our, um, kids Santa Claus pictures that they've taken every year. And this is going to be, this is why it was inappropriate for children, but you know, this is our year where nobody, everybody knows, everybody knows the secret. Um, 
and I'm still going to make him go, even though the two boys are taller than Santa now, but whatever. Um, but you know, we have all of our pictures that we put up and we love putting those up every year. They're very, I mean, they produce such, it's so fun. And one of the kids, it's their job and they have to put them in order. So they have to really look at them and figure out, you know, what year it was and how much they've grown between the different years and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I put those up on the shelf, I take everything that was on the shelf and I put it into that box that those pictures are stored in all year. And then that box goes into the attic. So I'm not just adding things to, I'm replacing it. Makes sense. I'm doing the old switcheroo. Um, but I, I've realized I just do, you know, we do that cabinet. Uh, why do I keep saying cabinet shelves? That's it. Those shelves I switch out for the Christmas pictures. Um, and it's really just the top three shelves of a five shelf unit. Um, and then we do a, um, we do our stockings, which also they're little picture frames and, uh, that are the stocking hangers are, and each of them has, um, a baby picture of whoever's stocking it is. Um, you know, that we've got some Christmas books that we put on the mantle. We have a, um, a, the Bible from my grandparents' funeral. Um, I think it was my grand, my grandparents died five days apart. It was one of those true love stories where my grandmother, I mean, really she'd had a stroke, but really it was like, we told her my grandfather had died and five days later she died of a a broken heart. We just believe it was kind of like, okay, you know, that's, she was ready to go be with him. So it was very sweet. But anyway, so I have the, the big, huge, fancy Bible with gold, you know, on the edges, um, that I opened to Luke two. And then I put our nativity on top of that. That's on the coffee table. I have the Christmas tree. There's one teeny tiny display in the entryway, I guess it's not even really in the dining room. Um, in the entryway, that is my wizard of Oz stuff. That's another way that I have this collection. Oh my goodness. Seriously tell people that you collect something, which I did when I was probably about 13 or 14. And for years I got Wizard of Oz stuff, Wizard of Oz stuff, Wizard of Oz stuff, which I do like, but it's like, where am I going to put that in my grown up house? I don't really want to have an entire room full of Wizard of Oz, even though at one time I thought I would. Um, but I bring that stuff out for Christmas and my daughter loves to put all that stuff out and it's kind of a big mess right now, but she loves it. She loves to bring all that because it's all the little dolls and things. Um, but you know, that's it. And, and I'm, I'm, our house is decorated for Christmas and everybody's satisfied and nobody feels like we haven't decorated for Christmas. We have, and you walk in, we've got a tree, we've got decorations, but we have, it's okay to not do everything you see on Pinterest. It's okay to not do the huge, crazy amounts of stuff that, that when you look on Pinterest, it seems, seems like everybody in the world is doing those things. And Maybe they are, but it's okay to not, you know? Um, so anyway, um, okay. And this is me. Um, I try to look at it and I say, what, where, what is it that I long for around the holidays? I long for grandmas, you know? I mean, I, those are the memories that I remember. I remember going to my grandma's house. I remember all that. My grandma, she didn't do all that junk that everybody does. Now maybe yours did. And that's great, but she didn't do that. I mean, it was, we had Christmas dishes that we used and there was a Christmas tree. And I think at one of them, the other one, there probably wasn't even, I don't think, but you know, it was, it was very basic, but it's that hominess. And I look at general grandma's house in, 
and I know a lot of you are grandmas, but, but you know, when I think about my grandma's house, I don't think about a stylishly decorated home. I just think about a comfortable home. And I really feel like I have just kind of gotten to this place where I resist this thought that, that people seem to have that everything has to be magazine worthy. I'm like, that's not real life. Let's just, let's just embrace having just a normal house. I mean, let's just be normal as normal as I can possibly be. Um, anyway. Okay. So we're gonna talk about gifts. Um, just to clarify different families do gifts differently. So I'm going to say some ideas and some things that we do, but, um, I fully am aware that you may be horrified or that you may be just like that would never work in my family. And you may be right, you know, because that is one of those things I have realized over time as, as I have grown and, um, gotten married and had in-laws both, you know, from my husband's family and from my brother's, you know, wife and just different families are different when it comes to gifts and how it works is different. And it's just never going to be the same. You know, when my husband and I got married, we went to Alaska for our honeymoon and, um, we were buying souvenirs for people. And I just automatically said that we were going to give these to people for Christmas. You know, our, we got wedding, uh, we got married in June and I said, Oh, well, we'll give these to people for Christmas. And he thought that was the strangest thing he had ever heard. I mean, like, why would we wait until then? And wouldn't that be tacky to give them their souvenir as a Christmas gift? And I was, you know, at the time I was just like, huh, what? You know, I didn't really pay attention. But then over time I realized, Oh yeah, that's just something my family does. I mean, that's very normal in my family. If, if somebody goes on a big trip and they, you know, my brother bought, um, blueberry syrup for all of us at some place where he'd been, well, he just hung on to it and gave it to us as part of our Christmas gift. You know, I mean, that was just, that was normal. I can remember my uncle going to Canada or something like that for the first time and, you know, bringing, um, you know, something that he had found that was a neat souvenir. He gave us all that for Christmas. I mean, that, that is just normal. That's what my family did. That is not what my husband's family does at all. You know, my family is frugal and to get something on major sale is considered like a life achievement. So, you know, so it's very normal to buy gifts ahead so that there's no hope of returning it because, you know, if you have a receipt, it's long, you know, past the date to do it, but, you know, buying gifts ahead and buying things as you see something that you think is great for somebody. And if it's a really fantastic deal, all the better. And, you know, that's just normal for my family where my husband's family, um, you know, you, you need to be able to give them the receipt so they can return it. So, um, there's just different, you know, the amount that you spend is much more important in some families than it is in others. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not pretending that anything that I give as an idea is a one size fits all because it's not different families are so different when it comes to gift giving. Um, 
personalized gifts are valued in some families and are seen as ridiculous in others. You know, I mean, there's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's different. Different families are different. That's what I have to say. So, um, one of the things that we have done with our kids, and I, I don't even know that this was completely purposeful, but, um, we just do one gift from Santa Claus. Uh, and just one. And so we've only really, our kids only ask for one thing. Basically when they ask for Christmas gifts, they basically feel like, and like I said, I don't, I'm not sure how we came up with this. I don't know that it was something we really pushed, but I guess it's how they interpreted how we were doing things. Um, but they basically, um, ask for one thing. They, they narrow it down to one thing, you know, and I've, I've heard them say many, I don't know what I'm going to ask for, for Christmas because there's no big old long list of, I want this, 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 and this. Um, but I know every family's different, so I'm not criticizing if it's not, but that does help a little bit with the idea of, um, you know, over stuff for Christmas. Um, one of the things I know for me when my kids were little bitty and this was new to me was it was like, Oh, Christmas is a great excuse to buy everything I've ever wanted to buy for them. And I saw the error of my ways when that meant we had so much stuff. And then I saw what grandparents gave as well. So, you know, we really keep it as basic and minimum, you know, we kind of get them the one thing that they really, really, really want that is maybe, you know, not something a grandparent would give. I'm always about letting grandparents get those things if they want. Um, but we'll usually do that. And then I'll do like two small things. I know there are a lot of people out there who, you know, really focus on the baby Jesus got three gifts. And so my kids get three gifts. Um, (coughs) that's just, um, a, a nice way to do it and also give meaning to it. Um, along these lines, if, some of the best parenting advice that I ever got from my friend, Debbie, who is someone who I look up to her. She has kids who are, she's four teenagers, one who's in college. And so her kids are about, I don't know, maybe five years older than mine. So it's, it's like, I've kind of watched them. And so I watch her and she's just a really great mom. And one of the things she said to me one time was, um, on the subject of wow, that's a really great parenting idea or that's a, or man, I wish we did it that way, but I feel like I have already established how we do something The you know, just talking about, you know, parenting ideas and ways to deal with situations and you go, but how can I switch that now when my kids already think this is the way it is? And she said that she and her husband are just honest with her kids and they just, they say, you know what? I learned something about how to be a better parent, or I learned something about how to do things in our family. And I didn't know this before. So we're going to start this now. And I, that's so simple, but why does it not occur to me sometimes? You know, I feel like I'm a very honest person, but sometimes there's situations where you forget that honesty is an option. And just telling the kids, Hey, we've realized we have too much stuff. We've realized that every year at Christmas, we end up having way more stuff than we actually need. So we're going to change the way that we're doing it because we've, we've found this better way. You know, it doesn't mean kids are going to be happy about it. I mean, my goodness, my kids are, 
not when we come along with the, Hey, we've always done this, but we're not doing that anymore. And you know, it goes over great. Just kidding. Um, but along those same lines, you know, just honesty with, with grandparents. That's a question I get a lot is, you know, how do you let grandparents know? Well, sorry. I know that, um, one of my least favorite ways for someone to let me know something is for them to not tell me, um, that I think I've talked about that before. That's like my biggest pet peeve is when, um, people get mad at me for something that they never actually told me was an expectation. Um, anyway, honesty, just being honest and let's just, you know, there are going to be people who are going to say, eh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Fine. But if you can reduce the number of gifts by saying, Hey, um, we're really trying to not have as much stuff. And I've realized my kids play so much better when they just have a few toys instead of when their rooms are completely packed. Um, just being honest. I know it's crazy concept, right? Um, specifically talking with kids, one of the ways that is really great to help your kids kind of grasp the concept beforehand is before you start, um, asking for things or, you know, before they start asking for things or you have them write down, write down, you know, three things they wish they could have for Christmas or whatever you do in your family. Um, declutter, go through their room, go through that horrible, awful trauma that every parent dreads and go through their room and get rid of stuff and say, we've got to make room for some new things or, you know, the, I don't know if y'all watch the middle or not, but, um, there's this one, it's, it's really a very funny show and I really relate to it a lot. Um, but <clears throat> there's this one where she, something, she's clean out the basement and she finds all these Christmas presents that her kids desperately, desperately wanted. And then they never actually even opened, you know? Um, and I think, I think I saw on Facebook or something, Jessica at life as mom, she did, um, you know, going through her, her kids rooms and decluttering them and finding gifts that they had never, ever opened, you know? And so I think going through that and getting that fresh perspective ahead of time, so you can have those conversations about, wow, wow, I keep coughing. Isn't your room so much more fun to play in when you have less stuff? Um, oh, wow. Look, you said you wanted another, I don't know. I'm just saying you said you wanted another Lego set, but look, look how many Legos you already have and the ones that you never actually put together, you know, just trying to do those as reality checks. I'm all about reality checks for myself. Um, okay. Uh, here, here's another idea. This is one, my best friend, she's really just one of the most practical people ever, ever, ever. (coughs) But basically she, um, her family writes extremely detailed lists for what they like. They write down lists of this is what I want for Christmas. And then they share those lists with each other so that they get things that they absolutely know that they want. I want this brand of jeans in this size. So she'll go shopping for something and she'll write down exactly what she wants and she'll put that on her list. So her husband knows exactly what to go buy or her mother or whoever. And it hit me that this was a little unusual when, um, it's probably been, oh, it's been at least 10 years. Anyway, she used to live at a camp and it was like out in the middle of nowhere. And they had, they bought this little, her kids were babies and they bought this little, um, 
Suzuki Samurai or something. It's kind of like a little, sort of like a Jeep. Um, and it was one of those that she was only driving it around the camp. She never drove it on the actual road, so it wasn't road legal or anything like that. But she wanted a new door because I guess the window or something was broken on one. So she had that on her list, on her Christmas list. She had a, I'm just making these numbers up, a 92 Suzuki Samurai right passenger door. I mean, that's, that was on her Christmas list. So it was like somebody could know that they would hugely bless her by going to a junkyard and finding a Suzuki Samurai 92 passenger door. I I mean, that just shows you every family is different, but maybe having these conversations with your family, even if it's this year, having the conversation of, Hey, look at all this stuff we got. Hey, what if next year we all, we all made a list throughout the year of things that we really needed and we exchanged those lists at Thanksgiving or something. Um, I know there, like I said, different families are different. Some families think it's bad to give anyone something that was on sale. Some families think it's bad to give something to someone that they asked for, that it needs to be a surprise, whatever. Um, oh my goodness. Talk about gifting, cleaning or cooking items. And some people get really, really upset. Personally, I love getting cleaning and cooking items. Like that does not offend me in the least to get that kind of stuff. But for some people it does. So it's obviously different for different people, but I thought that was a really interesting thing to do, which kind of reminded me of when my grandparents were, I was probably in late elementary through early high school. So kind of like my junior high years and the year or two before and after, um, my grandparents went through a time where they were in very poor health and they couldn't go Christmas shopping anymore. And they, um, gave us a budget and told us to look in the Sears and JCPenney catalogs and pick out what we wanted, you know, and that was before the internet because I'm old, but, um, that was before the internet. So, you know, prices were the price that was in the catalog. It wasn't like it switched all the time constantly, but that's what we would do. I mean, and at that age, I loved it. Oh my goodness. To get to pick out from the catalog, what I personally wanted, but the key was it was within a budget, you know, and you know, looking at that as, um, you know, giving, giving that budget, that's just an idea of how could you use something like that? I don't know, but it does, it limits what you can get. Now I tend to be the person who would get as many things as I could for my budget, which I think was $50, maybe 60. Um, but, uh, you know, I would do as, get as many things as I could where now, as I have shared before, I've really, in my frugality and my clutter problems <coughs> podcast, um, I really now try to look at things and say, what can I spend? You know, if I, if I have a budget, which I do per person, what we're going to spend, what can I buy that I can get one item that I've always really, really wanted, but seemed too expensive. It's like, okay, so here's this item that's a hundred dollars. And so I look at it and I think, Oh, I would love to have that. But I think, well, I never have a hundred dollars. Well, then Christmas comes around and I have a hundred dollar budget. But for some reason I start thinking with my normal way of the way my brain works with my frugality and clutter problems is I think, well, how many different things can I get for a hundred dollars? Where instead it's like, Oh no, use that. 
this opportunity of a $100 budget to buy that $100 item and only have one new thing in my home and it be a thing that I really, 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 really want as opposed to, you know, 50 different little bitty $2 cheapy items that are going to get lost and end up under the couch and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, kind of looking toward that, I know that, um, I think my best friend again, like I'm just going to use her as an example because she's really good at this stuff. But, um, you know, when she and her husband were first married, they would set a Christmas budget together that they were going to spend. And they would, you know, on certain years, they would put that together and buy one new thing for their house. I know they bought a recliner one year. They bought, um, you know, a new TV, just kind of like, okay, this is going to be our our budget. We're going to put it together and we're going to buy something that we really, really need as opposed to just going out and buying gifts for the sake of them being gifts. So I don't know if this has been helpful in the least. How long have I been talking? Oh, 32 minutes. Okay. <clears throat> I could probably keep talking, but my voice is kind of acting weird. So I'm going to stop here. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I would love to hear your ideas on how you purposely work on <clears throat> reducing the amount of clutter that naturally comes with this wonderful time of year. Um, I would love to hear what your thoughts are, how your family works on those things. Um, you know, what kind of success you've had in being honest with family members and all that. Um, anyway, thanks for joining me today. It's podcast number 77, I think. And I, um, just want to remind you that I have all of my podcasts linked at a slob comes clean.com slash podcasts with an S. And if you'd like to be a patron, go to patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash a slob comes clean. Thanks for joining me. Bye.